Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of A Tiny Revolution. My name is Kevin, and this is episode 119, I think, which is absolutely fucking bonkers to me. Um, we're coming up on three years uh, today, and actually, apparently today is International Podcast Day, so like, uh, happy day to me as a podcaster. <laughs> I uh, can't tell you how much I love doing this show, and I can't tell you how grateful I am for all the support y'all have given over the years, which is why I want to let you know that if you do love it and you haven't become a Patreon supporter yet, it's like the best time to do it because I'm actually really in a good flow of, of doing stuff. So um, there's perks, there's free, there's stickers, there's mugs. There is going to be some really dope artwork. I'm collaborating with some people for some exclusive shit coming out soon. Like why, why not get in on that? You know what I'm saying? So what else, what else do we got going on? Uh, a whole lot of stuff. Um, nothing that I want to announce now. It's not ready, but when it's ready, I'm going to tell you. But what I do want to tell you about is uh, my person who's on the podcast today. It's my friend, my good Judy, Micah J. Murray. Micah J. Murray and I have been friends for a long time. I'm talking about back when I was still straight. Like Micah has known me a long time. We both had some really crazy couple of years together. We kind of like, I think we kind of grew up together on the internet, if you will. Both really became who we were. And like, um, I had the privilege of getting to go be present at his wedding in the mountains. And it was the most beautiful fucking thing I'd ever seen. And then we danced all night to like, literally just, ugh. It was the wedding to end all weddings. I don't think there should ever be a wedding again, but you know, the Apostle Paul says, it's better for us to not burn or whatever. So I might as well go find a lover. Just kidding, it's COVID outside. I'm gonna die alone. Uh, just joking. Um, sometimes you gotta have a little bit of morbid jokes because that's what's going on in all of our heads. And if we can't laugh about it, what can we do? Anyways, Micah J. Murray is a writer. He is a blogger. He is a podcaster as of tonight at midnight. Uh, his new podcast is called Existential Happy Hour. And fun fact about today's episode, this is conversation between Micah and Kevin, part one. So it's like, are you a Christian? Are you still a Christian? Part one. And then if you want to listen to, are you still a Christian? Part two, you can head over to Micah's podcast, which can be found all over the internet. I'm going to link it in the show notes and you can listen to the rest of the conversation over there. Um, when I tell y'all we are going into the deep end, uh, mama, you want to talk about re revolutionary spirituality. Micah has got a pulse on it. He's one of those people who's just like, we get each other. And what's so interesting is that like, we still arrive at like different conclusions. It's it's how magical the spirit of God is. Do, 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 do. What? Okay. Uh, well, I don't need to really talk anymore uh, about this. I think we're just going to hop into the conversation. So get yourself something to drink. Get yourself a little sody water. Sody water? Ew, who says that? That's funny. Okay, get yourself something to drink. Get yourself some coffee, some tea, some wine, some beer. Uh, maybe you just want to drink tears. Maybe that's what you're into these days, just drinking your own tears. It's salty, but you know, I get it. The poet, the poetry of it is really sexy. But anyways, whatever you're sipping on, enjoy it along with this conversation with one of my really, really good friends and someone I call my brother, Micah J. Murray.
But yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we haven't done a podcast together. I think it's just kind of funny and I enjoy it. Because I think it's one of those things where like we were friends before I had a podcast. And so it's almost just like I have certain people in my life who are just like, if I bring them on my podcast, then it's work. Kevin, work related. We've been friends since you were straight. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mean when I was in my mother's womb? <laughs> no. Before I went, before I had taken gender, I think I met you right before you came out. It was like this is Kevin, and publicly he's straight, low key he's gay. Yeah, I think that trip to Little Rock was like the first time I ever felt like a little more okay with like being a little bit more gay in my expression. Yeah, I tend to have that effect on people. I mean, <laughs> I mean, true that. Because it's really just like you just let people be themselves. And and apparently nice. yourself is drunk on whiskey, singing Taylor Swift at the top oh, of your lungs while God. walking down a highway in Arkansas. We did walk on that highway because we didn't want to get into a car for some reason. Well, we didn't want to drive. It was only like a mile. Was it really? Yeah. From the hotel to the house. Oh, my God. The hotel. The best Western. I always the way you said best Western always cracks me up. How do I say it? Does it say the best Western? Yeah, yeah, except real soul, like best Western. Hi, y'all. Welcome to the best Western. Yeah. The best Western with a real hard er on the end. Western. It had a hot tub. Oh, my God. There was a hot tub. There was a pool. We went to that really weird club. Twice in a row. It wasn't a gay club either. It was nope. a full-on just straight people club. And I had to pay. I had to use an ATM to pay a cash cover. What the fuck? so that's how long we've known each other yeah and now we've also had like really interesting uh faith journeys um you know both ended up in seminary for some goddamn reason and now um we're in this really interesting place where we're figuring out what spirituality and faith or religious practice or spiritual practice looks like outside of normative religious structures. And so before we get into that, I want to hear how you would introduce yourself to somebody at a party. If someone came up to you and said, wow, you look cool with all these tattoos and you know, like your shorty shorts and like, "Mm, what do you do? I would say that mostly I drive kids around in a minivan. Yeah. And make mac and cheese and wash the dishes from making mac and cheese. I am a digital pastor like my friend Kevin Garcia. You better claim that title, bitch. It's funny because at parties when I, a lot of times when I go to parties, it's with Ellen and her like friends from the world of medicine and physicians and they're all like i'm a gynecologist i'm an astrologist i'm an x-ray tech and they're like what do you do and i'm like i'm in grad school and they're like whoa what are you studying i'm like religion and theology and that they're like oh because they immediately have an assumption about you because you say i'm i'm studying religion and they assume you're quote-unquote religious i just assume that they assume that I'm unemployed and unemployable. <laughs> and then it was like, Evelyn, what are you doing? Well, I just introduced myself as a trophy husband at those parties. 
Yeah. Like you really like honestly, like if there is a gay version of you out there in the world, which like I feel like there's got to be got to be like I have faith in that. I'm just going to yeah. put a picture of you in my next spell jar and say, God, that's what I want. That I, or that or it's equivalent. When I have a Patreon, I got to have a rewards level where I'll send you a picture of me to put in your spell jar. <gasps> And you could like manifest your own mica. Hey everyone, welcome to Manifest Your Own Mica. Today we're gonna tell you if you wanna manifest a trophy husband in your life. This is when I've decided I'm tired of being authentic and having integrity and making no money. And I just yeah. wanna go straight, girl, wash your face. Girl, <laughs> girl, girl, manifest your gay mica. Girl, um, make sure you plagiarize one of the greatest poet laureates of all time. As while you do it. Excellent. Do you know she did that? Uh, nothing would surprise me. Yeah. Anyways, so. So why how would you... I introduce myself? Yeah. Did I, you well, want me to answer that question seriously or just with jokes? I don't know. I don't really care. But I okay. also want to know, like, I'm very curious because, like, we both kind of swore we would never go to seminary and then we both did. Yeah. I'm curious why you went, like, what, what pulled you in? What was like, okay, I'm going to, like, go at it. Do you ever have those experiences where you do something that you swore you never did or you like wind up in a place you never thought you'd be? Mm -hmm. But then in retrospect, you're kind of like, and yet I kind of always knew I was going to be in this place. Yeah. Right. Like there's a part of you that always was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to wind up in seminary someday and I'm not going to pursue it. I don't want it. It's not a goal. It's not a dream. But I have a feeling like just foreshadowing my trajectory is going to lead down that path. Mm hmm. And lo and behold, here we are. I think are you because are you I it? fucking love it. Really? Oh my god, I'm having the most fun. That's so interesting. Is it, is it still an MDiv program? Yeah, MDiv in religion and theology. Where at? United Theological Seminary, Twin Cities. I'm a, okay because like I like my first year in so like my first year in seminary, I hated it because like I had to like. My first theology course, like I was very upset because like it was not a course where I could actually like, argue about theological ideas. It was more like the history of Christian theology, sure. which is fine. And I think it's important to know it. Sure. But like build the class correctly. Right. And also don't act like you actually care about my opinion if you just want me to regurgitate something. Oh, my school is so not like that. Tell me more. The professors are super dope. It's a tiny school. It's like 60 or 100 students or something. Uh, and I chose the school because it was local. Like, mm-hmm. I went to in-person classes before all this shit went down, and it was fantastic. Uh, so the professors there are like, we will teach you the history because you need to know the history. But what we really care about is how you engage with the material. Like, how are you going to integrate this in your particular faith community? How are you Mm going to integrate this in your particular like lane? Because we have people, a lot of people at school are doing arts and theology things. So they're like Mm -hmm. working artists, big chaplaincy programs. So you got tons of chaplains working in secular settings. And then it's like, it's an ecumenical college. So you got a lot of people there who are going to be ministers in the Unitarians. You got a lot of uh, people going to be ministers in UCCs. You got uh, pagans, you got Buddhists. You got so, pagans and Buddhists. No, we got pagans. Oh, hell yeah. <gasps> I went to the wrong seminary. We have Buddhists on faculty and staff. 
That's pretty dope. We like, we only have like, I mean, most of our staff at CTS Columbia Theological, most of them were Presbyterian, like because no. it is a Presbyterian school, right? And like, I, I mean, uh, institutions have their advantages in some ways, and like money. Yeah. Like I, I didn't pay for school at all, pretty much. Like that's kind of dope. Diversity of thought, problem. Now, the the professors that have done my theology classes have been just so fucking cool, and they encourage me to take the work that I'm doing in seminary and the work mm-hmm. that I want to do in real life, and say, how can you? Like when they, when I'm writing a paper, they're like, don't waste your time writing bullshit for me to get a grade, write something for your community. And, you know, I'll figure out how to mash it into the rubric or, you know, write about the thing that really interests you and just make sure you hit these and these points, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm able to pursue the writing that interests me and pursue the questions that interest me in a context where I have tremendous support from my professors. It's a small school that really mm-hmm. engage. You know, I ask them questions all the time, both academic and spiritual. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I want to believe in God, but I'm reading all this shit about, you know, this and theodicy, and I'm finally admitting it doesn't make sense. Yo, like that. The I took my first semester in seminary, I took a right? class called Theodicy and Ethics. Yeah, and I said, "Oh, this sounds interesting." Day one, crisis of faith, baby. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how God interacts with the world, and I don't know if God's right. good anymore, and is God even real? I don't know. Yeah. See, that's exactly where I'm at in seminary, except it's not a crisis anymore. Like, oh, isn't the best? Like, it was, I went through that all before I went to seminary. So I get to seminary, and day one, they're like, let's read Freud and, and Feuerbach and Nietzsche and Marx and Kant and Hume. And I took this whole like modern theologies of like the Enlightenment. And all these people raising all these questions about God. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the angsty stuff that I was writing in my journal, like how can I believe in God in a world like this when I was 19, like curly headed wig guys were writing about way back in the 1700s. Curly headed wig guys. I know. So I read these guys and I'm like, holy shit. And then my professor was like, yeah, you like that? You want some more of that? And now I'm taking this class called radical theologies and the challenge of atheism. And we're going to read post-Holocaust Jewish theologians. We're going to read the death of God, radical theologians from the sixties. We're going to read Mary Jane Rubinstein and the pantheists who argue that the world is God and that pantheism is looked down upon because of the patriarchy, because the the earth is a woman. And that's why people are afraid to say that the earth is God. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking exciting. So many ideas I'm being exposed to. And they're just like, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. I fucking love it. Mm. They don't even pay me to say that. Listen, I love that. And I'm also really, really pleased that you're having such a positive experience in seminary. Because I know so many people who go into seminary and immediately start getting burnt out on stuff. So that just pleases me to no end. 
I only am taking two classes at a time because I tell my advisor every time I have to pick more classes, like, I don't want to hate my life. I don't want to take four classes and then bullshit them. Like, I want to take two classes and actually read the material. Like, that is, I think, the wisest thing you could have done. I, because it it truly is, like, it became, like, a full-time job for me to be in school and also try to, like, have a full-time job, like, paying my own bills. Uh, But it is a... there you are. I can see you again. <laughs> um, I think like being able to, I'm glad I switched my program. I think it's, I think cause uh, a lot of the courses I was having to take was just like introduction to pastoral care. And I'm just like, I've been doing pastoral care my entire life. I'm taking a class right now. And it's like, this is how you listen with empathy, but also don't get your feelings like wrapped up yeah. in this person. How do you, it's like really like, well, girl, like I, I think anybody who has had enough therapy right. can, can like be a, like a decent pastoral care person. Yeah. Um, Cause if you know how to create boundaries for yourself, if you know how to just notice like what's going on in your own body. But doesn't it feel good to know that you are like actually trained? Mm. Yeah, I suppose so. Like for me, I don't want to be one of those mediocre white guys who just mm. goes out there and skates on my privilege. Right. And it's like, oh, I'm a internet pastor now because I fucking decided I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be able to say, I did the work. I studied. I learned. I was mentored. Yeah. I was like trained to do this shit so that I'm not actually out here just like digging around and making shit up when mm-hmm. it comes to people's souls. That's good. Yeah. And that is like the it's one of those things where I really hold intention, like this idea between like training is really, really good and necessary. And also I don't ever want to fall into the lie of credentialism. We're no. just like, cause like there's also people who are going to get the same degrees as us and sure. are still dickheads, you know? Oh, and yes. That's, and that's why like, I, it's very interesting. It's like, I'm glad I got this training because like, for, for both of us, we know that our experiences in those spaces were super positive, were enriching, helped us become better practitioners of our faith. Uh, but like, you know, to another person, they see MDiv and they're just like, they think they know everything. It's all, no. always an interesting assumption game. Like when I tell people I got a master's in theology, they're just like, so like, you're like weirdly religious. I'm just like, well, yes, but like in a different way. <laughs> I just, to me, it just means that I had a mentor while I was reading books for six years. Bitch. I told, I said, like, I argued for two and a half years about this stuff. That's what I did. Yeah. Our professors said the seminary is a gift because it's an opportunity to have support while engaging with texts. That's the view. And I fucking love it. It's just like the stack of books that I'm reading. And then I get Mm. to talk to other people on Zoom for three hours a week about the, it's just literally like book club for god nerds book club for god nerds i feel like um that's kind of like what a lot of my uh my coaching work has turned to but like the book is course in miracles because obviously um but it's really really cool because i'll get on the line with these amazing humans and we just go at like battling with our own consciousness and just like why won't i let my shit go why do i refuse to why do I continue to cling on to things that make that are painful? You know, why yeah. do I have feelings? <laughs> and then it's just like, you just do. It, it's just, right. it's the most beautiful thing in the world to start. I feel like 
something you and I have both kind of longed for is new kinds of religious community. And I think that's Absolutely. kind of like what we're exploring in both of our work right now. It's just like, what does, what does post-Christianity look like? What is actually right. like post-Christian faith? Whatever that means, you know, what is it? What, how do we, sh- it's a, it's truly like a shift in God. I sound like one of the girls, um, uh, a shift in consciousness around how we view ourselves the thing we call God and what the fuck we're doing here. Yeah, it's absolutely in a way it's a actual conversion process where yes, your entire understanding of what it means to be a conscious person is being rebuilt and the old structures you realize don't really serve you in that. Like, you know, if you, are understanding yourself as being like one radiant pixel in the entire galaxy of the interconnected universe. It's like, well, all of a sudden going and sitting in rows and listening to a man yell about a book isn't going to be the best way for you to nurture your spirituality. Hey, I mean, that point blank period was like, I, um, I'm a part of a couple different groups on Facebook for queer folks. It's a lot of queer support groups. One of them is, um, for former world racers who are missionaries and the same thing as me, we're all like, we're all fags now. <laughs> uh, but this one person said, yeah, I went to church with my mom and nobody was wearing masks and nobody was, you know, then the preacher was doing accident and I walked out and I was just like, don't ever go back. And I want to look, I, there's like so many people out there who are just like, so married to this idea that their faith has to resemble anything like what they came from. Yeah. The comfort zone is just so fucking hard to leave, isn't it? Mm. Like every time you think you've left it, you look and you're like, no, I'm still fairly imprisoned in my own comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I saw somebody the other day talking about how a question that ex evangelicals always asking is like, I hate church. I hate going to church where can I find a church that I would like going to? <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of hip pastors with tight pants trying to answer that question. One's right here. Yeah. I w- yeah. Like I was, you know, briefly dabbled with several years ago, the idea of, well, of course, you know, church for people who don't like church, right? Who hasn't thought of going down that road at some point? Who doesn't already have that branding? Right. But then I read this question and I felt like very sad because these people just said, I don't like church. And then in the next sentence admitted that they're still compulsively attempting to find a church. And I thought, what do you call a thing when you keep returning to something that hurts you thinking this time it won't hurt you? Mm. Like I'll drink my worries away this time, even Mm. though last time I know it didn't work this time it will, you know, and people keep reaching for that bottle over and over again and it's church and it hurts them and it makes them feel more shame. And then they want something even more. And so they reach even harder for another church and they keep thinking like, Oh man, I keep having bad experiences at church. It must be something wrong with me or with the churches. And, it, and typically it, they think it's something wrong with them because obviously God's right. not wrong. God didn't do anything. It was all the right. bad people. Right. And it's like, oh, so I just got to find the right kind of people. The, the thing is just like, 
you're going to keep running like if it's part of the system you will run and you will eventually run into the same problem in one form or another if your problem is with like the institution then you're you have a problem with the institution it's not it's not about the people take this this is my thing about it's just like yes it's the people because the people are part of a system and because they're a part of the system, they're like enacting the harm of said system. But I always felt like the thing is just like a church does not love you. A church cannot love you. The church, the big C church cannot, does not, will not love you because it is, it does not have a soul. It is a product of the ego. It was a product of individuals trying to understand this thing called God. And then also we can point back to the fact that the church by and large for 2000 years has been a tool of white supremacy and empire. And so when I look at that, it's just like, I have every fucking right to argue with this thing that told me I had to be a certain way. And not only that, I don't have to do anything it has prescribed to me before. 400 years after Jesus, Constantine invented the Trinity. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Right. (laughs) That may not be exactly accurate. So don't blame my seminary. But like, when you study the history of how this religion evolved and realize that the council of Nicaea, where they're like hashing out, what is the theological, like, what is Jesus? What is God? And this shit, these fucking theological conventions are funded by the government because the government says, if these Christians can decide on one thing, then everybody will be unified and our empire will be stronger. Mm -hmm. Their theological diversity is, is a desta- it's destabilizing the state. And so they say, theologians are going to come together, sponsored by the state, decide mm-hmm. the theology, and then anybody who disagrees is going to be written off as a heretic. Mm-hmm. And that's where... So shout out to the Coptic Church for preserving so many of the early Christian texts. Y'all the real ones. And the medieval female mystics and the weird monks at the edges and the anti-Catholics and the anti-Calvinists and the anti-Trinitarians who all got murdered, mm-hmm. which is insane to think about that, like, in the time of John Calvin, we're not talking that long ago. Like, this is when all the white guys got their books written. Mm. They were killing people for saying that God is not a trinity. John Calvin's homies killed a dude for saying that. My my, my friend Miles always tells me that people who are Calvinists are more Calvin calvinist than john calvin was yeah i think that if you're killing people over the trinity you're doing it wrong i mean personally i would say yeah i would agree with that statement wholeheartedly because i think that like and that and i would take that the step further and just like if you're murdering anyone over uh the way that you think like and that's the thing it's just like you, I gotta, it's, it's, it's all, at least like for me, it's like, what about that was so threatening? And, that, and I asked the same right. question about like the, the theological things that we talk about now is like, people are threatened right, by this idea that. Mm, Why is it so dangerous to say that God might be one instead of three? Yeah. Why is it so dangerous to say that like uh, Jesus, that, 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 that might not be a hell? Why is it so dangerous to say that we might be able to find uh spiritual fulfillment and connection outside of the institution of the church. Well, it's dangerous because people start believing that shit. Then they wind up like us. Exactly. And you know what? We ended up hotter, um, more fun, 
Um, and, uh, you know, I got a sandwich today. So, like, I feel like that was pretty good. The vibes are just flowing. Absolutely. I remember being nervous when I decided that I was going to, like, quit church for good, which wasn't that long ago, only mm. less than two years. Quits church, goes to seminary. Classic move. <laughs> exactly. But I was... Uh, I was sitting there like, if I quit church, what am I going to do with Sunday mornings? Like, how am I going to fill that time? Mm. As if this was some kind of mystery. <laughs> like, because there was a time in my life when I wanted to go to church and couldn't find a good one. Like, I wanted to go to a church that believed in, like, God being love and hell not being real and, and gay people being good and all this shit. And where I lived in Arkansas, they didn't have any churches like that. So on mm. Sunday mornings, I just sat home and was sad and looked at Twitter and so I felt very, very lonely because I'm like, all the people who are reading Rachel Held Evans are somewhere without me, and I want to be where they are. Mm -hmm. uh, now I don't feel that way, right. and I was laughing about this the other day because it's like, what are you going to do on Sunday mornings if you don't go to church? Like, have sex and drink coffee. Hey! And bam, do bam, 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 bam. fucking yoga. Like, how Hell. is this a problem? Like, can I tell you, like, my favorite thing to do on Sunday morning, uh, there are some weeks when I'm, I still lead worship for Zoom church. But for me, like, large group Zoom meetings don't do it for me. Like, 10 people max, but it has to be like a regulated conversation. Like, I can't just get on the phone with like, let's just all come and hang out with one another. No. Right. That to me is like, because if I'm in a room full of people, I can zero in on a, on a couple people and like create a conversation. It's so hard. We weren't designed to be digitally mediated like no, this. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that Zoom exists. I give thanks. Right. Also, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Another Zoom call on a Sunday morning for me is not as lovely. Uh, however, comma, going back to your point about what I do now on Sunday mornings, I like my, I've, I've every day during COVID quarantine times, I've been, with the exception of like a couple of weeks where like I was pretty sick and my insomnia was wild and out, um, which has not been recently. I've been sleeping perfectly, soundly, and waking up at 7.30 on the dot with no alarm. It's very strange and I'm loving it. Um, but Sunday morning now has become exactly what you said. I'm gonna like get some coffee, roll a J, do some yoga outside, read the course, pull some tarot cards, meditate, talk to God. Usually I'll start crying because I'm just feeling so lovely and connected. And just getting your vibes right, man. People, walking outside by grass and trees. In the winter, we walk in the snow. Like connect with our mother, the earth. How mm. it sounds like heresy to me. Did I ever tell you about how I accidentally started a cult instead of going to church one day this year? Nice. Well, how did you end up doing that? So I've been trying to start a cult for years. You know this, right? Of course. Because you texted me and said, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And I said, do you remember what I said? I, I assume you said something about start a cult. I said I'd start a cult or a podcast, maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> and you said something to the effect of both of those are options. They each have their challenges and drawbacks. <laughs> And now he, here I am doing both. Wow. I have really good advice, you guys. 
see Kevin for all your digital pastoring needs. Oh my God. Sign up for my class. Yeah. Uh, so with I, your endorsement, I set off to start a cult. Oh my God. Uh, this is the best. Listen, they always say that, you know, the biggest thing like our soul longs to do is make an impact on a generation. And like, here I am just <laughs> <laughs> blessing the nations. Preparing the way of the Lord. Oh my God. I'm crying. So I was sitting around one day bored and was like, maybe I'll fuck around and go to church because I hadn't been in like a year. And I thought right, right, right. it would be funny maybe <sighs> to go to a church and see what it feels like as a person not emotionally invested. It's like, you know, Ooh. Russian roulette with triggering yourself. Let's spin the wheel and see what happens. Will our trauma flare up or not? Who knows? We'll find out. Yeah. So but then I was like, you know, that's not going to be the most fun it would kind of be like a haunted house for your soul where it's like you'll feel bad and then afterwards feel good but i was like house for your soul also maybe that well i love haunted houses so they're cathartic in a death and resurrection sort of way yeah maybe that's why i like it it's like control it's like control like being able to like engage with ideas around like gruesomeness and death and like horror And like the worst possible thing that could happen to me, but then also realize that it's very unlikely. And if I can survive that, I can be okay. And also if I don't survive that, I wouldn't know anyways. Right. Then you'd be one one with the void. You were saying, you were starting a call. So I was going to go to church and then I was like, fuck it. You know what? Instead of going to church, I should call up my other friends who are also sad and lonely and say, come to my house and I'll make you brunch. And then afterwards we can meditate together. So I did. And then we were like, why have we not been doing this? Let's do this next week. And so then we did. And so for like three months before the pandemic started, Mm -hmm. we had a Sunday morning brunch and meditation cult at my house and people would roll in around noon or 1230 and I'd have mimosas and cinnamon rolls. And then we would meditate and then I'd make like baked eggs and sausage and all the amazing shit. And then we would go for a walk in the woods and that was our cult. It was fucking great. And then God sent a pestilence to smite us. Uh, listen, God specifically sent this into the world because of your meditation cult, Micah. That you was brought, it. You brought it down on us. It wasn't the homosexuals. It was Micah J. Murray, you guys. Surprisingly, those are two different categories. Listen, trust and believe it's possible. Yes. <laughs> um. Okay, let me look at the time. Where are we at? We're at 36 minutes. So we could pause this recording and start the next one so we can have two separate files. Because I okay. feel like because I feel like this is a good point to say. If you want to continue this conversation, you have to go listen to Micah's podcast. Yes. Part two, because part we're doing a crossover episode. Crossover episode like we're in the 1990s on a, a crime thriller. Yes. Um, so don't well definitely change that dial. Where can they okay, where can they find your podcast? Where can they find you? All that good stuff. Okay. So my podcast, which I'm super excited about because I'm an Enneagram 7 and it's the one thing I'm doing right now. So I'm excited about it right now. Yeah. Uh, We are just right in the middle of like, I'm getting the art dialed in. I'm getting podcast episodes polished and ready to to release. And it's all going down on October 1st, which maybe will have already happened by the time people hear this. I don't know what your turnaround is. But listen, I'm going to have it very close to, I'll just put it out next week because like, Sweet. Good time. Why not? October 1st, 2020, year of our Lord. 
Existential Happy Hour podcast is coming to the world. It's going to be existentialhappyhour.com. It's going to be on iTunes, Existential Happy Hour. It's going to be probably on Stitcher, you know. Uh, All the places you download podcasts. Instagram. Just go to existentialhappyhour.com. You'll find it all. It's really fun. It's mostly just me talking to my friends and then sometimes just me talking, talking about stuff I'm learning mm-hmm. in seminary, God, the universe, all of it. Mm-hmm. There's sound effects. It's it's fun. Me, myself, Micah J. Murray, you can find me on the internet at MicahJMurray.com, Micah J. Murray on Twitter, Micah J. Murray on Instagram, or Micah J. Murray on Facebook. I am a writer, podcaster, seminarian, hot dad, and deconstruction coach. Mm. So if you're going through your shit and need somebody to talk to, or if you want to see the occasional hot dad thirst trap on Instagram, I'm your guy. Yep. And everyone, if you are somebody who is in the midst of deconstruction and you need to talk to somebody, as you can see, I'm getting a lot more people in my circle who uh, are very equipped to help you. So if you are interested in getting your shit together a little bit faster, by hiring someone to help you, Micah might be your person. So go hit him up and say, hey, I'm interested in all that shit that you said. Um, Kevin, that's delightful. I'm going to make a commercial. Yeah. Starring you talking about me. It's good. I love it. That's so kind. Thank you, Kevin. It's so dear to be your friend and your bro. I love you. I love love us. I love doing this. That was my conversation with the incredible Micah J. Murray. Uh, you can find Micah across the internet again at MicahJMurray.com and you can check out his podcast at Existential Happy Hour across the internet. Tune in tonight at midnight and you will hear part two of this conversation. And yes, it gets even more wild and juicy. So like, seriously, go check it out. It's again, the podcast is called Existential Happy Hour. Search it in your podcast feed. I love you, Micah. Thanks for coming on the show. I have nothing else to say. I'm actually about to, oh, that sniff sound. Sorry if you're uh, having a hard time with that. I have a hard time with it. Anyways, uh, credits roll in let me tell you about patreon and all that good stuff did you know that this podcast and i'm sure you do because you're a faithful listener aren't you you don't miss an episode and if you're that person who doesn't miss an episode why are you missing out on the sweet treats that could be yours by becoming a patreon supporter one thing i love doing for my supporters every single monday i go live sometime on monday morning and i post a really awesome and like for, I say it's really awesome because it's awesome for me, to be honest. Uh, just an inspirational message uh, based in the Course in Miracles, based in things I'm learning in spirituality. And for a lot of humans, it has been a powerful way to just reconnect with a new form of spirituality or a deeper form of spirituality. Something that's still kind of in the vein of the Jesus tradition, but just a little bit wider. So if you want to support this podcast and all the other stuff that I'm doing, Uh, with queer advocacy work and trying to be uh, a voice for change on the internet, 
I would love for you to support me. Um, check out patreon.com slash thekevingarcia to learn about the awesome perks, the workshops, the mugs, the stickers, and coming soon, the cute little dad hats. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, because I think you're beautiful and I love you and you're worth it. So, yeah, I think that kind of like levels out everything here. Um, you can follow me across the internet at thekevingarcia. Um, my book is called Bad Theology Kills, and if you haven't picked that up yet, I don't know what the hell you're doing, go over to uh, my website or badtheologykills.com and get your copy today. Uh, it's honestly, I'm really proud of it. It's sold really, really well for being an indie book. Like, I think we've sold over 1,500 copies now. I need to verify that. But still, like, that's incredible for an indie book. Uh, so... Be on the lookout for that. And also, if you want to know about all the other projects I'm doing, please go to thekevingarcia.com and sign up for my newsletter. And I'll give you a sample of my book. You can try it out there. You don't even have to buy. Try before you buy. That is something my mother taught me. She was a wise woman. Still is a wise woman. She's not dead. Um, But she will be if you infect her with COVID-19 by not wearing your mask when you go outside, you dick. So please remember, when you're out in public, please mask up. If you're someone who can stay home, try to. Um, If you need to be with people, do a nice social distance gathering. Don't be around a whole bunch of people who you don't know where they've been at. You know, just because you want to hook up with that human, you know, maybe reconsider. uh, Or like, you know, maybe you both get a COVID test. I don't know. But just, you know, do what you got to do. Do your part, my friends. Uh, Stay safe out there. And as per usual... Here's your weekly reminder to please remember to take your medication. Have you had something to drink today? Some water? Have you eaten today? Do you need to move your body in a way that might feel good? Do you need to call somebody for support? Uh, It doesn't matter. Just make sure that you are taking care of yourself. This has been another episode of A Tiny Revolution. I'm Kevin Garcia. And I'll talk to you next week, beloved. You're so beautiful. You're so strong. You can fucking do this. Make sure you're registered to vote. Let's get him out of office. I love you. Bye. Bye.